Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Kevin Lee, and I use he, him pronouns. I'm Paige, and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Cynthia, I use she, her pronouns. I'm Theodore, I use he, him pronouns. I'm Penelope, I use she, her pronouns. And I'm Nari, I use they, them pronouns. Alright, today our topic is on the LGBTQ+. We're going to be talking about criminalization and victimization of 2 LGBTQ plus people. We're going to start off by talking about a general description of what discrimination of 2SLGBTQ plus people are. Discrimination is the biased treatment based on someone's identity or sexuality in this case. It's treatment intended to harm. It is rooted in ignorance. And with that ignorance comes homophobes who believe that someone who is queer is unnatural or mentally ill, which isn't really true. This higher rate of discrimination is equal to the higher rate of violence, especially high in the trans and bi community. Other types of homophobia include biphobia and transphobia. All of the talk of homophobia kind of leads us to the Don't Say Gay Bill in Florida and similar bills in other states. This bill was signed by Ron DeSantis. He is the governor of Florida. And it's essentially just invalidation towards LGBTQ plus families. This bans discussions um, about LGBTQ plus issues for kindergarten through third grade. And then for older students, discussions about gay and transgender issues have to be quote unquote age appropriate or developmentally appropriate. It's legally called the Parental Rights in Education Bill and empowers parents to sue the school district over teachings they do not like. It also gives the power to know when your child is receiving mental health care at school. And um, at the same time, it also allows teachers to out the child to their parents if they mention um, being part of the 2SLGBTQ community. So the Republicans have dubbed it the anti-grooming bill. Similar bills in other states include Alabama, who advanced a measure prohibiting early classroom instruction on sexual and gender identity. An Arizona bill aims to change the state's sex ed curriculum to focus on biological sex and quote-unquote not gender identities. In neighboring Georgia, uh, lawmakers targeted private schools, which the state can regulate, but it failed to get any traction this year. In Iowa, a Senate proposal would require that parents opt in, in writing, to any instruction relating to gender identity. In Louisiana, lawmakers introduced HB 837. It would limit discussion of sexual orientation and gender identity in some grades and would prohibit it altogether in others. A South Carolina bill is similar. A Missouri bill would ban quote-unquote gender or sexual diversity training in public schools. An Indiana bill does the same. In Oklahoma, a Senate bill would ban books from school libraries that focus on the study of sex, sexual lifestyles, or sexual activity, which starts to get problematic real fast. In Tennessee's HB 800, bans books and instructional materials that quote-unquote promote, normalize, support, or address lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender issues or lifestyles. And... Ohio's HB 616 has similar language used in the Florida bill. And then there's the anti-trans bill in Texas, which is a huge, huge issue right now. It talks about how gender-affirming surgery uh, for trans youth would be considered child abuse if the parents helped them uh, consider that as an option. It doesn't make sense because supporting your child in their choices to change their body to help them feel less dysphoric should not be child abuse. Not only that, statistics show that only 2% of trans individuals actually regretted getting gender-affirming surgery. Therefore, their statistics don't really match up with this bill. 
Gender-affirming surgeries are also proven to reduce suicide rates and make trans youth feel better about their bodies, which is really important when you consider that within the LGBTQ plus community, suicide rates are seven times higher already. And this bill also allows people to call protective services and get parents' houses searched and kids can be taken away from their families because they were accepted. Not only that, but doctors can also lose their medical license or get up to 10 years in prison for helping these youth. But Health and Human Services issued a statement indicating that denying trans youth health care is discriminatory and illegal under federal law. And a lot of people have been suing legislatures because legally they can't implement it under federal law. Which unfortunately leads us to Canada, where discrimination doesn't only happen in the States, it happens everywhere. In Canada, hate crimes have actually been rising. So as of 2021, about 1 million people identify as 2SLGBTQ plus in Canada, which means the population of people who fall under this community is growing. However, um, hate crimes have gone up a lot with that as well. In 2019, police reported 263 incidents in hate crimes targeting people for their sexual orientation, and they also reported a 41% increase over the previous year. Which is the highest total since 2009 only 13 years. Which brings us to the question of, well, why don't victims report? And it's a complicated answer because there are a lot of factors that go into choosing to report something to the police. And when a community is not shown the support, often they will feel as if they will not be believed when they report, which leads to lower reported numbers, which means the numbers of hate crimes are actually probably much higher than statistics show. There's also a lot of fear along with it. For example, the fear of being outed when they aren't ready to or not comfortable being, uh, telling people at that time. Or the fear of retaliation by the perpetrator in the case that victim could be a part of power dynamic with the perpetrator, often a parent, a carer, or a teacher. Um, it's the fear of not being believed by police or teachers or principals. Um, the fear that they won't do anything to help them. Which often, because perpetrators know that victims will not report because of the lack of support, LGBTQ people are far more likely to be victimized than any other community. But all of this negative does not mean there's no bright spots. Within Canada alone, different motions have passed and we're making baby steps. Um, as an example, there's conversion therapy that was banned just a few months ago. The Yukon just passed um, a bill uh, making it so that GSAs were required to be in schools just a few weeks ago. And to be implemented in September, the bill that says gay men cannot donate blood after having sex and must abstain from sex before they donate blood will be removed. Now it asks that people still be tested for disease before they donate blood, but the same questions will apply to everyone. They will not just apply to gay men. Thank you for listening to our podcast, and there is a series of other podcasts, all done by Experiences Canada, and you should go check them out. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank you. Bye. Yeah.